Hey, this is Dan, and thanks for tuning in to the podcast where I talk legal stuff with lawyers that I know, like, and trust. I hope you find the information really useful. And if you need legal help, that you reach out to one of these lawyers directly or drop by lawbydan.com and I can steer you in the right direction. Here is your podcast. You may have heard of the term spousal maintenance. Well, what is it and how does it apply? Well, to find out, I'm with accredited family law specialist and partner at South Geldard Lawyers, Claire McCormack. Claire, after separation, is there any requirement to support your ex-partner or spouse? Well, Dan, the short answer is yes in some circumstances. So, separate to any negotiations or court proceedings to do with property settlement, there are some circumstances where a person has a responsibility to financially assist their spouse or their former de facto partner if that person can't meet their own reasonable expenses following separation, and that's what we call spouse maintenance. So, this legal obligation for spouse maintenance isn't a gendered um, concept. So, to be eligible for spouse maintenance, it doesn't matter whether you are the husband or the wife or a party in a same-sex marriage or a de facto relationship. Um, The inquiry that matters is what each party's needs are and the other party's capacity to meet those needs. So, how is spouse maintenance calculated? (laughs) Well, it's a very discretionary area of our law. There is no formula to calculate the amount of spouse maintenance payable and because of that, the amount is different in every case. So, the amount of financial assistance will depend on the higher income earner's capacity to pay and on the financial needs of the lower income earner or the nil income earner in the relationship. And to determine how much support the lower or nil income earner needs to survive, the court will assess their reasonable daily living expenses and the extent of their shortfall that they have in meeting those expenses. And then they'll examine the higher income earner's needs in determining how much spouse maintenance he or she can afford to pay. And depending on the extent of that surplus in income that the higher income earner has, they will determine the payment based on those those factors. So even if one party has a need and can demonstrate that need, by a shortfall in their income and expenses. If the other party doesn't have the capacity to pay, then except for in some very rare circumstances where they might pay a lump sum or um, transfer some property, and I'll talk about those later, um, no order would usually be made even though a need arises. And when the court's considering each party's income and expenses and whether they have a shortfall or a surplus, it's not necessary for them to ensure that each party remains in the lifestyle that they've been accustomed to. So what the court is assessing is their reasonable daily living expenses. So does spouse maintenance cover costs for the children or or is that something separate? Spouse maintenance, yeah, it is separate. It's um, not the same as child support. Child support is to pay the needs of the children, which covers things like school supplies, school tuition, healthcare costs, 
and the food and clothing pertaining to the children. And these expenses, therefore, don't form part of the assessment by the court of the reasonable weekly needs of each party to be considered in a spouse maintenance application. So it is common that a party can be eligible for child support and be being paid child support pursuant to an assessment from the agency and also qualify for a spouse maintenance payment if the evidence evidence warrants it in that case. Now, child support, I'm assuming, probably has a an expiry date. Does that sort of expiry date apply to spouse maintenance? Um, well, every case is different. And again, it's a, it's a discretionary decision by the judge. So the law places a positive obligation on the lower income earner to mitigate their needs by pursuing gainful employment as their circumstances allow. So except for potentially where a parent might have children that are under the age of of attending school, they're generally not expected to immediately go out and seek full-time employment but otherwise there is an expectation that a party will do so um, in accordance with what their qualifications and experience are. So um, in most cases, it is an interim measure or it's meant to be an interim measure to give the lower or nil income earner the opportunity to try and upskill, find employment, regain their financial footing. Um, But in some cases, these payments may go for an extended period. I think um, long-term spouse maintenance payments were more common in decades gone by where there was that traditional delineation of roles and you might have had one primary income earner and one primary um, homemaker and caregiver and relationships and and marriages were um, generally longer than they are in today's society and And I guess that traditional delineation of roles is also less common in today's landscape where we really have seen the rise of the dual income families. So we don't see as many of those uh, long-term orders being made. So when the court's considering a final spouse maintenance order, they can have regard for the monetary value of property that that party is seeking um, to retain or is retaining by way of their property settlement and the extent to which that property might permit them to derive an income to support themselves going forward. And aside from that, um, if there is a determination that spouse maintenance is payable, this will usually be, an order will usually be made in instalments for specific periods for a finite period of time with a concluding time frame on it. So in circumstances where someone, you know, wishes to be or wishes to apply for spouse maintenance, what are the sort of things that they need to consider? Well, I think the first thing to do is to get some um, relatively urgent legal advice to make sure that um, you're taking the necessary action to be able to meet your reasonable weekly needs. And um, one of the most important considerations, I think, when looking at spouse maintenance is that there is a limitation period that applies. So um, you are only entitled to make an application for spouse maintenance within 12 months of the date of a divorce if you're married or within two years from the date of separation in a de facto relationship. So it's really important that you obtain timely advice and ensure that if your matter needs an application to the court that it's made within those timeframes. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find me on all social channels, including Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube with the handle Law by Dan, or simply drop by lawbydan.com. Thanks.